0: loving each other by encouraging each other. Love shows itself in the power of the Holy Spirit when God's people practice the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, this is especially true when believers try to outlove one another by proclaiming God's truth in a way that encourages each other. And that's what we're trying to do this weekend. With the onset of the norovirus, uh, it's caused some complications this week. But here we are, we're trying to be novel, we're trying to be creative, we're trying to make sure that the Word of God comes to you in a special way. So I hope you'll open your hearts and follow the scriptures with us as we look at the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now let's do a quick review of chapters uh, 12 and 13 before we get to chapter 14 today. You might remember that Paul addressed two broad topics, spiritual gifts, and love the understanding of spiritual gifts by the church at corinth was causing disagreements uh, even chaos was abrupting everywhere so paul talked in chapter 12 about how the body of christ has many parts i hope you remember that sermon from uh, pastor jerry you remember the the hand's not more valuable than the foot the eye is not more valuable than the ear all the parts are needed together for the body to be purposeful and meaningful. And so we have to work together in agreement and in unity. Then in chapter 13, Paul calls us to a life of love. No matter what our spiritual gift may be, no matter how well we use it, if we're not doing it out of the motivation of love, it's just wasteful for all of us. We are to love each other by encouraging each other in the using of our spiritual gifts. I remember decades ago, a pastor, John Carlos Ortiz, he was about to preach a sermon on the topic of loving one another. And he sat there in his chair and the music was going on and he was worshiping, but it was like the Holy Spirit said to him, how many times have you preached on this passage of loving one another? And how many times has it, has it caused life transformation in the congregation. And as he sat there, he couldn't really remember much happening at all through the teaching of that word. So when it was time for him to preach, he got up and he walked to the podium and he read the scripture, just three words, love one another. And then he went and he sat down. Now, Obviously, the congregation was quite confused. They didn't know what to do. And after a while, um, a bit of silence, he went back to the podium again and he said the same thing, love one another. And he went and he sat down. Well, now there was some stirring going on in the congregation, some murmuring. They were talking to one another. They were getting fidgety. And so he got up a third time, quieted everyone down and said, love one another. Finally, one of the elders of the church stood up and he said, Well, I think the pastor wants me to love you, but how can I love you if I don't know some of you very well at all? So he proceeded to go over and begin conversations with people, asking them questions, getting to know them. And soon everyone in the congregation began to do the same thing as well. Now, what happened by the end of the service was that phone numbers were exchanged, dinner invitations were extended, financial assistance were given to some members, and there was one man who was unemployed who was hired on the spot. That's the power of loving one another and encouraging one another. So Paul now begins chapter 14 fusing together this idea of spiritual gifts and loving one another now as you look in the scriptures you'll see that he ended chapter 12 with a series of questions starting at verse 30. all are not apostles are they all are not prophets are they all are not teachers are they all are not workers of miracles are they all do not have gifts of healings do they All do not speak in tongues, do they? All do not interpret, do they? And then he says this, But earnestly desire the greater gifts. Many gifts, one body to be unified, but underline those words, earnestly desire. Earnestly desire the greater gifts. Well, what are these greater gifts? Paul doesn't say what they are at the end of chapter 12. And then he goes into chapter 13 to talk about love. So when we get to chapter 14, verse 1, he ties all of this together. Verse 1 says, pursue love, yet desire earnestly, there's those words again, desire earnestly spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Pursue love because without love, everything is wasteful. And then he tells us what we are to earnestly desire, the gift of prophecy. Now apparently the believers at Corinth thought that speaking in tongues was the highest and most useful gift. And Paul corrects their thinking here. He says that prophecy is the higher gift to seek out. Now in the next few weeks, Pastor Jerry's going to continue to develop this idea Of prophecy over tongues and what public worship is to look like so let me just kind of set the foundation for that today and we just want to look at the first five verses of chapter 14 and hold up very high this gift of prophecy in contrast to speaking in tongues now how do you define prophecy that can be a very scary word because we typically think of someone mystically Uh, predicting future events and we think about the Old Testament prophets and they certainly predicted future events but when you read the prophets of the Old Testament most of their messages were addressing their generation the present times I think of Jeremiah we call him the weeping prophet why because his main messages were for his generation He kept warning them about sin and the coming judgment of God that was going to happen very soon. His message was for the present. Now there was a small percentage of his messages that pertain to the far, far distant future. He talks about the coming of a Messiah. He talks about the restoration of God's people after a future destruction. He talks about a new covenant that's going to be written on their heart, not on tablets of stone. So there's an element of the future, but his messages were mainly for the here and now. Amos wrote of future events, but a lot of his messages were aimed at the present. His generation lived in very affluent times. It was a time of great prosperity. It was a time where everybody had jobs. They had money. But this did not lead to righteous living. It instead led to sinful materialism. And some of the most famous words of Amos were, prepare to meet your God, not in the far out future, but soon. And let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Things that his generation were forgetting because materialism was so rampant. So prophecy isn't always about the future. It's about the here and the now. Now, Pastor Jerry and I, we met about two weeks ago, and we went over this subject of prophecy, and I got his perspective. And I want to share with you five things that um, Jerry wrote down and some scriptures to go with it. He may iterate some of this in the coming week or so. But the five things I want you to realize. First of all, prophecy is a gift of the Holy Spirit it's not a man-made thing it's from the Holy Spirit 1st Corinthians chapter 12 verses 4 uh, and then 8 through 11 there's these varieties of gifts but the same spirit to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit to another word of knowledge according to the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healing by the one spirit to another the effecting of miracles to another prophecy to another distinguishing of spirits, and so on. But these are gifts of the Holy Spirit. So the second thing Jerry sh- shared that day was that not everyone receives the gift of prophecy. Paul says we are to earnestly desire it, but not everyone is going to receive it. Again, those verses in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, um, all are not prophets, are they? All are not Uh, apostles are they not all are teachers so we have a variety of gifts some we are to pursue but not everyone gets all of the gifts third thing is we are not to despise prophetic utterances and we're not to abuse them first thessalonians says do not quench the spirit do not despise prophetic utterances and then immediately it says that we are to examine and test prophetic utterances. First Thessalonians 5.21, but examine everything carefully, hold fast to that which is good, abstain from every form of evil. So we have to test prophecy according to God's word, according to apostolic teaching that's been passed down to us. We have to be careful and we have to be discerning. And the fifth thing we talked about that day over coffee was that prophecy has to be practiced by faith. And that comes from Romans 12. Since we have gifts that get, differ according to the grace given us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly, if prophecy according to the proportion of his faith. So those five things I think are, are good bedrock as we define what prophecy is again pastor jerry's going to pick up on some of these nuances uh, next week but for today let's think of prophecy as a revelation that comes from god it aligns with the word of god and it helps us to understand the heart of god and if revelation is a scary word to you Think of the word application. We're going to apply God's word in a way that brings life transformation. Now prophecy is different from teaching. They're different gifts. They share some similarities. But teaching, the focus of teaching is instruction on God's word. Prophecy has to do with the revelation of God's word or the application of god's word for our daily situations for the here and the now now let me try my best to give you some uh, examples of how this plays out i think uh, in a congregational setting i think my opening illustration is good the pastor's teaching was very simple love one another that was it the revelation or the application to that came when the elders stood up and said, I need to get to know people. I need to see where you are. And things begin to happen in the congregation and needs were met and encouragement was offered. It was the application of loving one another that was the revelation. Now, a lot of times prophecy will happen in one-on-one settings. And, and perhaps you've been in a situation like this. Um, On a Sunday morning, a pastor might uh, preach on rejoicing, and he uses Paul, rejoice in the Lord, always. Again, I say rejoice. Now that's teaching. The revelation might come that afternoon or a day or two later when a member thinks, you know, I need to call my friend. They don't seem to be joyful. And they go and they take them for uh, coffee, and they begin to just prod a little bit. And they might say something like, you know, I I sense you're struggling with some issues in life right now. They're they're pulling you down. You don't seem joyful. Am, Am I right about this? Do you want to talk about it? And there over coffee, teaching becomes prophetic. It becomes a revelation. It becomes an action. It becomes loving each other by encouraging each other. In one of our life groups last week, a member shared a story of helping a friend who was far from God. And our church member uh, took her friend to a Bible study. And um, this friend thought, well, you know, if I'm gonna come again, I need to get a Bible. I don't even have a Bible. So our member took her friend to Mardell's and uh, this lady, uh, purchased the Bible, and she decided to have her name, you know, embossed on the front of it. And so while she was waiting to have her Bible, to have her name put on the Bible, uh, our church member was over in another section going through some books, found this book and was looking at the back cover, and it just hit her, this is exactly where my friend is in her life. And one of the employees was watching her read this and said, man, that is one of the best books that I have ever read. So our church member bought this book for her friend, went over there, she was still waiting to have her name put on the Bible, gave her this book, and her friend began to read the back cover and just started weeping because it hit her at a point in her life uh, where she was where she needed transformation. That's a prophetic utterance, that is taking a prodding of the holy spirit putting it into action giving an encouraging word that needs to be given to someone it's not meddling it's not trying to be intrusive it's not trying to tell people how to run their life it's a leading of the holy spirit from the heart of god to the heart of another human being to get them in tune with god and with god's word And Paul says, I want you to earnestly desire this gift of prophecy. Teaching is for instruction in the truth. Prophecy senses a present here and now revelation and application of the truth to themselves and to other people. And that's what we should eagerly desire. So I hope hope that kind of helps Um, clear up the definition of prophecy. But here's a little quote uh, to help as well. This is from uh, Chuck Swindoll. While teaching allows us to gain full understanding of God's principles for life, prophecy imparts the purpose of God in our current situation. Teaching reveals to us the mind of God while prophecy deals with his heart. And so Paul wants us to earnestly desire these things. But the Corinthians, speaking in tongues what they earnestly desired. And so Paul is correcting that notion. Now tongues typically fall into two broad categories. One is sort of, uh, well not sort of, one happened in uh, the book of Acts chapter 2 where people spoke in a foreign language that they had never studied, they never talked in before, and this foreign language went out to people of other cultures who understood that language. It was a miracle. And the purpose of that was the transmission of the gospel to many people of different tongues. The second category, what we see here in the Corinthian church, was an unknown tongue. Some call it a prayer language. It's not an earthly known language. It's this mysterious language that no one's familiar with. Some call it an angelic language. And the Corinthians prized this. They thought this was the greatest gift possible. And Paul says, no, prophecy is to be desired above tongues. I have prayed with a group of pastors every Wednesday morning for over 25 years, and two of the pastors in our group have have a prayer language. Neither are what we would call Pentecostal, in fact one is High Church, he's Anglican, and the other is Methodist. Now they don't push prayer language, they rarely use it in our group, but every now and then. You know, I hear one of them whispering to the Lord uh, in a language that I don't understand. But they understand scriptures. They know the place. They keep it in a biblical perspective. It's a private communication with the Lord. And we just love each other, even though some of us don't have a prayer language. But out of my 25 years in praying with these guys, i got to tell you, Oh my, the prophetic words that have come out of that prayer group. Every week I walk away with a new revelation of who God is and His desire for my life. Because prophecy is valued over tongues. Now remember, pursue all things with love. Love is the overarching umbrella. And let me remind you of what 1 Corinthians 13, 8 says. Love never fails. But if there are gifts of prophecy, they'll be done away with. If there are tongues, they will cease. But love is going to last forever. So as we close today with these last verses, let's just read them together. All five of them in sequence to, to pull this all together. Pursue love. Yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands, but in his spirit he speaks mysteries. But one who prophesies speaks to men for edification and exhortation and consolation. One who speaks in a tongue edifies himself but one who prophesies edifies the church. Now, I wish that you all spoke in tongues, but even more than that, you would prophesy. And greater is one who prophesies than one who speaks in tongues, unless he interprets so that the church may receive edifying. So let's pull all this to a close. Encouraging each other by loving each other by using the gift of prophecy, a revelation or application in action. Let me turn your attention just verses three and four. One who prophesies speaks to men for edification, exhortation, and consolation. Those three things. It edifies, it exhorts, it gives consolation. Prophecy achieves those three things. Edification is when someone builds you up, they encourage you, Um, transformation happens. Exhortation literally is a calling to one side. They come close to to you, again, to encourage you, to exhort you positively, maybe negatively, according to God's word, in certain ways that you are living your life. And then consolation, to give comfort, that's the purpose of prophecy. Tongues does one thing. It edifies the self. And what the church really needs is a word of revelation based on the teaching of God's word. The church needs clear, biblical truth that is explained and applied with clarity in the power of the Holy Spirit that leads to transformation in the hearts of the listeners Now, my prayer this morning is that our teaching time has been prophetic. Been a lot of teaching going on. But I pray that these verses have been edifying to you. I pray as you have listened that you have been built up, that you feel stronger in the Lord and His purposes in your life. I pray these verses have exhorted you, exhorted you to pray. And after the close of this message, to seek the Holy Spirit, how do I live this out today? How do I encourage myself? How do I encourage my family? How do I encourage others? What's one task that I could do today for someone else based on this revelation? What's one encouraging email I could send? And of course, I pray you've been consoled. I pray you've been comforted We haven't talked a whole lot about it, but it's been a crazy week with COVID-19. And the ramifications of the weeks ahead can be quite frightening. But I pray that somehow the Holy Spirit has given you some comfort, some consolation, some revelation of His love for you, His care for you, His concern for you, and the coming blessings that He has for you. And your family so let's pray together as we pursue prophecy revelation in action loving each other by encouraging each other Heavenly Father we come to you in the name of Jesus we pray that we have a little better understanding of revelation of prophecy of application how we can take the teaching of your word pray it through, listen to the voice of your spirit on how to apply it to our life and how to encourage others as we try to notice and understand things that they are going through, what they're dealing with, to get to know each other, to get to love one another. So Heavenly Father, edify us, exhort us, and console us through the power of your Holy Spirit To you be the glory. Amen.